You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From Los Angeles, California, and Maria Menounos, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Spotlight On is a long-form interview series featuring actors and TV personalities. And now, from the world's number one TV after-show platform, this is AfterBuzz TV Spotlight On. Hey, everyone. We are here for Spotlight On. We are with the fabulous, beautiful Taylor Bright, who... um, joins us today. Yeah, so thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Um, we'll say at the beginning, where can we find you, though? What's your um, Twitter and Instagram? Okay, so my website is thetaylorbright.com, mm-hmm. and my um, Twitter is thetaylorbright, and my okay. Instagram is thetaylorbright. Cool. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Easy, easy. Mine's changes for everything, because my name is... <laughs> Very common. <laughs> if you have a problem, just Google Taylor yeah, Google. Bright. Yes, Google's yes. the best thing we can use today. Yes. <laughs> um, so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Taylor is a very accomplished musician. She's a singer who uh, got discovered on YouTube. So yes. um, we're going to get into how that all happened. But I would love to know first how you began. So you're from Philly. Mm-hmm. So you're an East Coast girl yep. living on the West Coast. Yep. You got that vibe going. <laughs> um I love the whole East Coast vibe, especially, you know, right away when you meet somebody from the East Coast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we connected immediately. I think that being from the East Coast kind of gives me an edge out here. People immediately are like, oh, you're not from here. I'm like, no, I'm not from here. Very proud of it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I like being from the East Coast. Yeah. And you, so you grew up in Philly. I grew up in Philly. So give me an idea, your family dynamic. You have any siblings? I have a younger brother. He's 18, going okay. to college next year. Um, he's totally out of this business, totally focused on school. Played ice hockey his whole life. And I have my mom and my dad who work full-time, and uh, they are not artists. They're both engineers. So this is totally new for them to be involved in this business at all. Really? Um, but yeah, I grew up in the city. Definitely a city girl. Went to public school. So um yeah, I'm definitely a Philly girl through and through. So you, um, okay, so you first realized that you wanted to sing. Was this at your, um, I read that you were doing musical theater camp at eight years old, was mm-hmm. it? So yeah. is that the first time you got the bug, the stage bug, you, you just needed to do this, or you just? I think so. So my mom was looking for a camp to put me in, and this was basically the cheapest thing she could find, and it was easy to get my energy out of. Um, so I went to camp, and I got the lead in the show, which we did Oliver Twist. Um, so I played a boy for my first show, oh. and I fell in love with it. It was so much fun. I was Oliver too. I have to say, so Were we have you? that connection. I oh, know it's great. Yeah, I was the only person without boobs at like eighteen. So they're like, she can be Oliver. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> okay, that's well, fine. I was eight, so you I actually had a yet. voice, and they wanted you for that reason. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you did Oliver, and you just and you just you loved it. I loved it. I loved okay. it. It was great. The energy was great. I loved singing. I loved performing. I liked being the center of attention. I was eight year old with way too much energy. Mm-hmm. So it was perfect for me. And um, so how important was it? So in the very beginning, did your family support you immediately when you decided, hey, I want to do this for a living? Yeah, um, they definitely supported me. They definitely made sure I was a normal kid. So I went to high school. A lot of my friends were homeschooled or left school. Uh, my parents made sure that I was in school full time okay. and that I was in a school that was focused on education because they definitely wanted me to be um, educated properly, I guess, and kind of grow up as a normal kid. I left school in seventh grade first to go on tour, and I left again in ninth grade, but I always went back, and I always kept up with my work. Mm -hmm. Um, When I decided to move out to L.A., I think it was a big um, 
kind of a big shock because I was always focused on going to college. I went to Brown for um, a semester, and then I was like, I need to be creative. This is crazy. Right. Uh, so they definitely supported me, and they just trust me to get my work done, and they trust me and my talent, uh, right. which is great. So that I have great support great. at home. That's excellent. Which is so cool. Do you now? I just want to. I, I always want to know with people that get discovered. I always feel like there's this gap when you talk to anybody that has been discovered and, and has now become an accomplished in whatever field they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want that gap for your for your fans. I want them to know what was that point. So you tell your parents you're what you're like eight years old. And you say I want to be a singer. Mm-hmm. Where did you go from there? Did you start singing lessons? Like what was that first step that you took? Yeah. So um, I told my parents I wanted to do this, which was. Um, like, I guess crazy for them because this, they knew it was going to be, like, a big adventure, I guess. Um, so we went to New York, got an agent. I signed with Abrams when I was eight um, to work there, and I auditioned every week. I had vocal coaching every week. I had acting classes every week. I was in dance class every week. Um, and you just kind of put yourself out there. You audition every week, and you kind of uh, get used to it. And uh, my parents drove me to New York about three times a week, and I took the train when I was 13. I started going by myself, and it started from there. So... You get okay. So for anybody who is listening and maybe they're saying to themselves, "I want a career like this." Mm-hmm. How did you get the agent? Like that's the gap that I want. So you did you submit yourself to different agents? Because Abrams is a huge agency. Huge so agency. You were at this time you were not known. So no. how did you get that communication with Abrams? I started in Philadelphia, so I started locally, and I started with um, a modeling agency, Reinhard. Okay. Then I got headshots and a resume type of thing, um, and I submitted myself to them. I went wow. up for a meeting. I did um, a whole scene for them. We talked for, I guess, like about a week, and they loved me, and I loved them. Um, and so that's how it really started. I mean, the biggest thing when you go in, you just need to go in being yourself with a big personality so they get a feel for who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you represent yourself properly and they know that you're different and unique. Right. And as an eight-year-old, I was definitely different and unique. Yes. I was willing to do anything. So It's, it's very um, it's very inspiring to see somebody that was so young at the time and mm-hmm. you had such a good head on your shoulders. And I think that has a lot to do with your upbringing and your family and the support you had. Yeah. But also, I just think some people are just born with that maturity and other people aren't as lucky yeah. at an early age, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I started working and paying taxes by the time I was nine, so you definitely have to be professional. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely get that from my parents. My mom always says, like, you have to just keep it real. Like, there's the glitz and the glamour is crazy, so you just have to keep it real and um, make sure that you get your work done. And so that's what I did, but I also had fun with it. I mean, I was still a kid, yeah. so, like, I was living my dream at that age, and it was it was great. It was a great time. No, absolutely. And you went, so you were taking the train into New York mm-hmm. for your auditions. These were mostly acting auditions at the time, correct? Mostly musical theater, yeah. Oh, mu- musical theater, okay. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned on your, um, in your biography that your train rides, that was kind of your moment of, of serenity. Yeah. Do you want to go into a little bit of what your creativity um Yeah, so from? I started uh, taking the train by myself at a really young age, and I definitely couldn't relate to the adults I was sitting next to. Um, they were, like, all business people coming from work and traveling back and forth, and I was a 12-year-old on the train right. with, like, my lunchbox <laughs> you know, type of thing. They're all on their computers, and, like, I didn't have one of those yet. I just had my phone, my Nokia, that I could play Snake on, and that's about it. Oh, my God, how fun was Snake? Yeah, Snake was the best that, game. Did you have the Nokia with the... Um, the thick the, Nokia, the black the, yeah, and white. With the with um, one button. No, but the thing you can do the um, walkie-talkie on. Yes, 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 and yes. And that, was that the one that you could play Snake on? I think you oh, could no, play Snake on, You were like, talking about the Nokia before that. 
the square one. The square one, like the really that, thick one. That was the best game ever. Okay. So I had the Nokia. And anybody else like, who's listening, you know Snake was the best game. <laughs> that was such a... I, I haven't played a game since that phone. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Oh, now they're all complicated. I know. And I touched Forget this it. and moved this. I have no clue. That's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you, you were on the train. Yeah, so to- I was playing Nokia on my phone. And then I started um, just kind of, I guess, like thinking and things like that and coming back from auditions and reflecting on what happened in New York or what happened that day at school. And I just kind of started writing on the train, and that was what I did on the train. That's what I occupied myself with, I guess. So that's why I wrote my first song in, like, a brown paper bag, uh, my lunch bag. And what was that and first song? I was about something so silly. I know I can't even tell you what it was about. It was yeah. about lip gloss or school. Okay. I was okay. so young, and okay. um, I, just, I just thought it was cool that I was writing anything at that point. Right, so. right. And then, now, give me the... So you had this situation where you were going back and forth to New York. Mm-hmm. How long after that did you go into... Did, was this, like, your idea to decide to go on YouTube and to just, um, you know, put your music out on YouTube? Or how long till then was that... Uh, did that, that happen? Yes. Yeah, so I started working um, in musical theater. And then there's a point in musical theater where there's not much you can do because you become a teenager and they start hiring 18 and older. Right. And um, with the person I was at that time, and I wanted to be in school and things like that, it just wasn't right for me to be in New York all the time. So I decided to uh, kind of put my mind to it and get in the studio and write my own music. Um, and I went to Nashville, and I traveled to New York again, and I traveled to Atlanta and to L.A. to record in Miami. So I started traveling all these places and writing my own music with all these people. And um, I finally wrote the song Striped Socks, which yes. is about like my five best friends who were guys at the point. And I just kind of uh, took each of their quirky personalities and put them into one guy um and we decided to shoot a video with my friend mickey fisher from tour uh, just like a homemade video with like all of my friends in the right. park at my house in philly we put it online and kind of took off from there and i think that was my first youtube video and that was my first uh little discovery moment that launched you so yeah how how soon after that was uploaded did you notice this was like this was not I, like we're, did you notice this was not just you uploading a video to YouTube and you were just going to go on with your day? This was going to change your life. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the point where it kind of hit a great amount of views and, like, hit the charts and uh, I started performing and people started really enjoying it and buying my music was the point where I was like, wow, this is a career. This isn't just a hobby. And that was the point where my parents were like, oh, crap. (laughs) Right, right, right. We did something here that, like, we were not expecting. Right. Um, So you really... Mm -hmm. Uploading this, you didn't expect this. Not at all. You, you just did it for just to share it with it was friends. Fun. Or... My friends were all in it. Okay, um, I was in high school at the point, so like everyone was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, she has a yeah. song on iTunes, right. and she has a, a song on YouTube." So um, that's like why we did it, and like we had the seniors at my high school do it for a lip singing battle for our Spirit Week. It's just a fun thing, right? Um, until it became something else. So it wasn't even expected. Not expected. And the views did they come immediately, or was um, it over? I definitely think they came gradually. I mean, the first couple of views obviously came from my friends and the people right. that were in the video. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after sharing um, and performing live is when it really started to pick up. Wow, that's amazing. That must have been such an amazing feeling. So it was great. so gratifying to see that your 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 creativity is appreciated. Yeah, it was great. It was great. You're an artist. I mean, that's the best thing you could ever get. That's better than any paycheck, just knowing that you have people that love your work. Yeah, that's- absolutely. I mean, it just encourages you to work harder and do more. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay, so your musical inspiration, who would you say, um, growing up, first of all, was your musical inspiration, and is it the same person now? 
Um, I always have trouble with this question because I like so many different people. Yeah. You and, can just um, pick one. <laughs> give me a couple. My dad is the one that introduced me to music, and he is totally like Michael Jackson, James Brown. Um, so that's who I started listening to when I was really young, like Earth, Wind & Fire, Santana. I love it. You are an old soul. Yeah. So I started listening to that music, and that's what kind of brought me into the funk, I guess yeah. you can say. Um, then my dad started introducing me to like Spice Girls and Britney Spears. Your dad introduced oh, you to Spice dad Girls. Your dad loves awesome. Spice Girls. He bought me all the dolls. We watched the movie together. Oh my god! So that was like my first introduction to like what pop was for me, um, which was just like fun, like the girls having fun. So those are all of my inspirations. The '90s is like my it, thing. It yeah. was the best. Time. Yeah. Yes, I I agree. Um, okay, so. I want to know, I'm going to go into a little bit now. So you have, so Striped Socks happens, you're 14. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go into another song called Psycho, right? Was this your next song? Yes. Your next big hit. And this was with Robo... Robo Pop. Robo Pop. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep thinking Robo Pop. Robo Pop, <laughs> the it's producer. Because the famous movie. Okay, right. Robo Pop, <laughs> the producer who has worked with many, many talented musicians. Yeah. Um, and you kind of change your, you're not as much, um, young, innocent girl in this video. No. So did you do this because you actually were growing up and you wanted to show this other side to you? Uh, Give me a little bit of insight onto that. Yeah, I mean, at that point I was 17, so I was kind of a junior and a senior in high school. And um, I guess at that age you think you're older than you actually are. And you start, like, exploring your creativity and your independence. So I guess I had, like, a little bit of a rebellious side. Um, And that's where it kind of came from. I mean, it did come from me. It came from the producers as well. Like, the song was amazing, so we definitely wanted to work with it. And the idea was cool, I thought. And, um, yeah, so that's where it came from. It's a little darker than I would say, like, who I am or who I was. But it was a cool, uh, it was a cool, a cool song to do. And it was a cool video. It was hot. You looked great. Thanks. You have great dance. You can dance, too. Some singers can't dance. You can do it all. You're a triple threat. I try my best. I try my best with the dancing. (laughs) I thought you were a great dancer. Thank you. (laughs) And um, did you feel like, so a lot of your fans, I'm sure they're, they're very young. I would yeah. think, I mean, I'm sure they span all, all ages, but I would think a lot of them, especially from Striped Socks, would be maybe from the ages of, what, like 10 Nine to like to, 15, yeah, 16. Absolutely. So did you feel like you gained another um, age bracket of fans through this song? I think and so. And maybe boys as well, I'm sure. A lot more boys would be I think so. I think there was a tiny bit of sex appeal in this song yes. that the guys appreciated. And I think that I kind of gained my peers as fans as well at that point because I was a little bit older than my fans. Um, so I kind of gave my gained my peers as fans, um, and they kind of t- appreciated what I was talking about. Like, the, it was, the content was a little bit more mature yes. than Striped Socks. Absolutely. So to really understand it, you had to be a little bit older. Right. So uh, definitely helped. And then, um, now you're living in L.A. now, so when, mm-hmm. what point did you move to L.A.? With, at what, uh, we'll use it as the songs. Like, was it during okay. um, Psycho that you were already in L.A., or was it? No, it was, it was actually a while after that. I did Psycho in high school, and then I went to college for a semester. I worked, um, I did Brown University there. So um, you, you actually, okay, so. I know, just, I'm going to back totally up for a confusing. second. No, 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 I, I totally get it. I just want to yeah. make sure we stress this. So you were mm-hmm. still in Philly. Mm-hmm. You gained all this fame. You're still living in Philly, living about your, going about your daily life. High school. High school was the same. Yeah. Nobody treated you differently. You didn't have any haters, any girls picking on you or anything. Because I know a lot of times when you're beautiful and talented and you're, you know, everybody wants to bring you down at that point. And that's, uh, it's amazing that you had friends that stuck with you. That's great. Yeah, I knew these kids my whole life. I went to school with them since I was 10. So they kind of were there on the journey with me. So uh, I definitely had a ton of support from my high school. I love hearing that. And to let me kind of just, like, do what I want and go on tour and go do a show and come back at my will was amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. And now you're a senior in high school and you apply 
too brown and you get in, which is a huge, I mean, your parents were already proud of you. They were probably <laughs> like, this is the golden child. I mean, <laughs> this is insane. So you get into brown and you decide you want to study environmental science. Yeah. So, so where did that come from? Um, I grew up in a very um, environmentally conscious neighborhood. Um, so I think that's where it came from. And all my friends at that point were environmentally conscious. And brown is like amazing. I'm technically still a student there on a leave of absence pursuing my career. Um, and oh, it was just an amazing like school that has a very liberal, open-minded point of view, and they kind of let you explore who you want to be. So at that point, I was doing environmental science and also studying political science and public policy and uh, movement. I was doing dance classes there. Um, and then I decided that I just, like, really missed music. Right. So I um, went back home, and I worked with a guy named Jim Beans, a producer named Jim Beans, and took classes at University of Pennsylvania that would oh. just transfer back to Brown. At the same time, so I continued my studies. Um, and then after that, I was like, you know what? I need to move to the West Coast. And you <laughs> so, made the move. So I said, Mom, I'm moving to the West Coast. And you moved by yourself. <laughs> moved by myself. I moved with my friend, um, my roommate, and um, we have s- split paths um, now. But uh, I moved with my friend on here, and it was crazy. It was fun. And my parents surprisingly were like, go do it. Go right. do it. Like, you should do it while you're young. So that's what happened. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So when you moved out here... Um, it must have been shocking yeah. at first, especially mm-hmm. coming from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So what kept you grounded? Because this place can suck you in very fast. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that kept me grounded was just really talking to my parents every day, making sure I was focused on what I was doing. I knew that I had to prove something when I came out here in order to stay out here. Like I said, I still was a student. Um, and my parents still saw me as a college student. So for them to really take me seriously as a professional artist, I really needed to prove myself out here. So there was no fooling around. Right. Um, and I needed to, I needed to adjust quick, which was hard because it's a big adjustment from yes. Philly to LA. Yes, of course. Um, but I did it, and it was a great experience, and I grew up a lot. Now, how many years ago was this that you first moved out here? This was not even two years ago, so like a year and a half ago. Okay, okay. So now yeah. you're twenty. Twenty. Okay. okay, so you're twenty years old now. Mm-hmm. So these last two years, did you feel what? What was your um, overall looking back biggest accomplishment since you've moved to LA? I think really just kind of like finding my independence and finding my point of view um, as a person and as an artist. I think that moving to L.A. and kind of going through what I went through out here, which I have some crazy stories, car accidents and just moving five times and crazy stuff that has happened since I've moved to L.A. Um, I think that finding my independence and finding my strength and finding my point of view and who I really want to be and what I want to talk about is what I've gained the last two years, which is crazy because I never thought that it would take moving through thousand miles for me to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, most people figure it out in college. That's like what college is for. Like yes. Everyone finds themselves type yes. of thing. Um, and I did it moving from college. So, Well, you're young. I mean, you're young too. You're 20 years old. Yeah. Most people don't even care about finding themselves at 20. So you're, <laughs> yeah. you're still ahead of everybody. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm going to like find more things out about Oh, myself. I'm sure you will. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now you're out here. What is your day-to-day life? Give, it, give um, an image to your fans as to what you do when you wake up. Like, how is every day the same? Do you have a certain routine? That's the beautiful thing about this. Every day is not the same. In college and at home, everything is kind of similar every day. You go to school, your classes, you study. Out here, it's totally different. I normally try to work out, which is like doing Zumba or something. Do you have a gym membership or do you do? Okay. Um, I have a gym at my apartment and then I also have a gym membership. So I love like dancing for exercise. So I normally try to do Zumba every day. I normally have meetings, auditions, classes, um, writing sessions, um, vocal coaching. um, And then I try to sing every day. Absolutely. And try to write every day. That's, that's so, how, it's like it's it's like an athlete. Yeah. You cannot 
be a basketball player and not play basketball. Exactly. It's the same thing. Exactly. And okay. and out here, like, the car time is your friend, even though as much as I hate sitting in the car, Don't I absolutely hate traffic and I hate driving. It's really helpful because that's my time when I'm alone, no one can hear me, which is fabulous. And I can belt it out. I'm sure everybody wants to hear you, though. It's, it's people like me who don't want to hear. And I'm the one with my windows down. I don't know why. Or who I, who I think I am. The car is like you. trying new things. I'm telling you, because in my apartment, I'll get the call. I can hear you, and I'm trying to sing. Oh, you're it's kidding me. And I'll be like, listen, I just got home, and I really need to sing right now. That's, that's, the, that's <laughs> yeah. the down part of being in an apartment complex. Yeah. I know. It's not yeah. easy with that. So you're in L.A., and you're, you're working every single day. Who is... Um, are you actually able to finance all, cause these classes are expensive out here. So mm-hmm. classes, is this all coming from you or do you still get some support from your parents or is this mainly? Um, I definitely have a ton of like financial support from my parents and I'm also set up because I work so much at a young age. I definitely have money saved up. My parents made sure of that. Couldn't touch it until I was 18. Now great. I'm 20 so I could touch it. Um, but yeah, we're, we are independent right now. So my parents are supporting me financially and I'm supporting myself. That's excellent. Yeah. That's, I mean, every 20 year old wants to support themselves at some point. So yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They're lucky enough. I'm definitely a normal 20 year old as far as finances go. You are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so what would you say? Um, I want to get into some types of, uh, I want to, I want to know what you would feel would be the biggest piece of advice you could give, um, anybody your age who's looking to do anything it doesn't have to even be singing mm-hmm. anything that would involve taking a huge risk what would you say would be your number one piece of advice for someone like that uh just jump and trust yourself i mean moving to la for me and like really embarking on this career has just been a huge risk and a huge jump and trusting myself that i can get it done um i mean i'm technically delaying my degree which is like huge especially in my family coming from two engineering parents it's like yes. oh, oh crap yes um but yeah trust yourself and jump i think that's really important especially if you're young why not do it you're right. gonna regret it right. so you might as well just do it absolutely so like nike just do it yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so was there ever a maybe a I mean, because obviously you're so energetic, you have, you know, you are such a happy person, but we're all human. Was Mm -hmm. there ever a moment in your life where you had a dark time or maybe you felt like this is not going to happen for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Senior year, actually right before I recorded Psycho and did the video, I got really sick Um, and I was falling behind classes. I was hospitalized for a while. Um, I had surgery. And that was probably the darkest time because um, I didn't know where I was doing next. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go to school. I didn't know if my, I was going to be healthy enough to go to school. Um, at that point, I did get into Brown, thank God. <laughs> um, so I definitely had options, but I just didn't know what was actually a possibility as far as like my strength and what my family could do for me at that point. Um, so that was scary for me. And then again, moving to L.A., you're kind of starting fresh. I mean, you really need to network out here and make yes. new contacts, yes. um, which is huge because it's, it's scary. It's scary going from the East Coast to the West it is, Coast. It is. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so you have, obviously you have a, many, many fans, but there are obviously people who may not be a fan. Mm-hmm. So for any haters or any people who come, and you're on YouTube, you put yourself out there, which is a huge you thing. You need to expect the hate. Yes. Yes. So how do you handle that? And do you Google yourself? And do you look up what people are saying about you? Or do you ignore that? I like, okay, everyone says that they don't Google themselves, but that's crazy. Like, everyone wants to know what people are saying about them. So, of course, I Google myself. Of course, I want to know what people are saying about me. That's why I put myself out there. I want their feedback. 
And then when someone throws a hate comment, like, I can take it. You can take it always. Yeah, it's never. I'm from Philly. Like, I've heard worse. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know from I mean? Philly, I've heard worse. And, like, my mom always says, just try to educate them. Or you can just sing about it. <laughs> so you don't respond to anybody who's a hater. You won't. You'll just ignore it. That you I'll the normally high ignore it. Or I'll put it into my music. Okay. Oh, yeah. so, okay. So that's kind of how. So you will take out a lot of your frustration or any anything that's maybe negative. You put it into your music. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the best way to get back at any haters. Yeah. Absolutely. Success as well. Yeah. I'm going to get technical. <laughs> <laughs> so um, going on YouTube, I just want to go back to that quickly and ask you how... Was it scary for you to actually upload that? Like that moment where you were uploading something to YouTube? I know it must be very scary. You know once it's out there, you can't take it back. You can't take it back. That's the biggest thing. I think that, you know, you're really just putting yourself out there. And that point, I didn't know, like, what my teachers were going to think. I didn't know what my friends were going to think. Because really the only people that knew what was going on were the people actually in the video and who were filming it with me and who recorded it with me. And also, I wrote the song about my friends. So it's super personal. So everyone knows these guys who I wrote it about. Um, thank God, it was a great response. Right, and everyone had fun with it. I had so many people make fun of it, which was great because it was just it, it became this quirky thing that we all really just enjoyed. Right. So how do you? Okay, so obviously there are people in your age bracket that are singers. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, Miley Cyrus. Yes. So what? You know, a lot of people say she's just super creative, and this is coming out, and this is all creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it has gained even more. Um, popularity for someone who is already super famous. Yep. So what do you think, I want to know your uh, viewpoint on her path that she's taken the past year and a half. What what do you think? Do you think that she did this for creativity-wise, or do you think it was other reasons involved? I think Miley Cyrus is really smart. And I know that a lot of people don't like what she's done, but I actually think that she's just really smart, and I think this is really who she is. And I think now that she's an adult, um, she's 21. She can be who she is. She has the opportunity to show the world who she is, and she has a great platform to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what she did is cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I would go that far, but it's controversy, and that's what that's what we're in this business for. We're mm-hmm. in this business to bring up questions and for people to talk about us and for people to talk about certain things, and and that's what she did. And I I I tip my hat off to her. And in in the same sense, though, there are um, she has come out and said that she you know she does drugs mm-hmm. molly yeah marijuana and all of that so yeah. um i and i'm just wondering what you would think is in my opinion i feel like a lot of her original fans can't relate to her they anymore yeah so how I, I i'm pretty sure you don't do drugs i can <laughs> i can guess <laughs> i don't um, do drugs i don't do drugs right so um wh- how do you feel about seeing somebody kind of a I want to say abandon their fans in a way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you should remain loyal throughout the time? So for your original fans who were 10 years old and now they're 20 and those is new 10-year-old fans that love striped socks, how do you connect with everybody and still remain true to yourself? I don't know if in her case she can. I think that um, she changed so much from being a 12-year-old on Hannah Montana to a 20-year-old Miley Cyrus. I don't know if that's necessarily what she wanted to do, and I think that um, she... At her point in her career, she had the opportunity to do what she wanted to do. And if she wanted to put herself out there in this way, then she had to do it. Right. And if fans decided not to continue to be fans of hers, then they decided not to continue to be fans of hers. But um, everyone's talking about Miley Cyrus. She exactly. was on CNN. Right. So she did something right. She did something right. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And um, how do you... Now, this is a very... A lot of pressure in this industry. And in living in L.A., there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And you're in... The, 
the craziest industry in the world. So how do you overcome any, uh, you know, there's so many eating disorders, there's so many, you know, Mm -hmm. drugs, and there's Mm -hmm. just so much around. Um, How do you stay focused? Yeah, I did not realize how big, like, the whole eating thing and health was until I moved to L.A. Because the East Coast, it's not talked about. But here it's in every conversation. It's like, oh, what did you eat today? What did you do today? Did you go hiking today? Um, It's just part of the culture out here, which blew my mind at first. And I definitely had to adjust to it. Um, definitely had to change my eating habits out here. Uh, definitely became more outdoorsy, I guess you can say, just because of the weather and like where I am, there's hiking and everyone's out. Everyone has a dog. So, yes, and, you know, I know everybody has a dog that's not on a yeah, leash. So it's just part of our, our daily lives. And I think the biggest thing is just to um, make sure that you keep yourself healthy. I mean, eat right. I'm Creole. We come from eating like jambalaya and eating all day. It's part of our culture. Uh, so I think it's important to eat. Um, I think it's important to also enjoy yourself. Like, don't get too crazy about it. Like, have froyo if you want to have yeah. froyo. Like, just it's just a part of life. Especially since I'm 20, I don't want to focus on it too much. Maybe when I'm a little bit older, I'll focus mm-hmm. on it more. Um, but I try to work out every day. I try to keep my uh, heart healthy and things like that. Well, you have a, you look beautiful. You have a beautiful Thank body, you. and um, I know there are a lot of girls that look up to you, and I'm sure that. You know, that's a great thing because there's so many magazines and you see just going through the grocery store, you'll see Mm -hmm. magazines and people are skeletons. Yeah. And it's terrible and it doesn't go away. Yeah. I think that the most important thing is be confident in your body type and be confident in your body shape. I mean, I definitely am not thin as a board and I don't think I'll ever be and that's okay with me. And I think that's important. I think it's important to like find your confidence in in something exactly get gain confidence from other th- other mm-hmm. parts of life and then that won't be so vital yeah um but it is a serious thing and it's great that you um that you are inspiring girls to take care of their bodies yeah and definitely surround yourself with people that support you i think the worst thing you can do is surround yourself with people that don't support you right. and your lifestyle yep absolutely so would you consider yourself if you weren't you, okay, mm-hmm. so you're somebody else, and but you still exist. Okay. Um, would you would you think that you could be a role model for your children? Like, do you feel like you're a role model for children? Would you allow your kids to listen to your music and and um, and, and watch your journey? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think so. My parents definitely parent it with this very, like, open, liberal way of parenting. They didn't shield us from the world. Um, like I said, I grew up in Philly. We were super independent, and we got to kind of do what we wanted. Um, and they kind of guided us through our childhood and made us in the adults we are today. So I think it's important for children especially to, like, form opinions on their own and um, be able to handle themselves in different situations. So, yeah, yeah. I mean... I don't know if I would have my kids exposed to all of L.A. or all of L.A.'s lifestyle or all of the music industry, but I definitely would expose right. them to what I'm doing. So, no, I, and I, I think that that's great that you actually, you see, you continue to go out of yourself and take a look at yourself. Yeah. Um, because sometimes people get so involved in their own heads that they don't take a look at who they really are. Yeah. Um, and, and you do that, and that's why your journey will, you will actually stay um, relevant. Yeah. And you will continue to grow in this industry and it won't be five minutes of fame for you because this is a serious business for you. And yeah. it is not, um, I, I, I'm going to call the paparazzi cause I'm at Whole Foods right now. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's excellent. It's not too important right now. <laughs> so wh- what's your next step? Like what is your ultimate goal? So if, if I could wave my magic wand right now, what do you want right now in so your life? Right now we're working on basically really just getting the right sound and finding the right music. Um, I'm in studio like every day I'm in studio tomorrow writing and recording and really forming my point of view. I know what I want to say. It's just how to say it and how to say it properly. So as many people as I can, can listen to it. 
Oh. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to figure out right now. And um, I'm really excited about what we have going on. I think it's super cool. I can't say too much about it. Okay. Um, I hope everyone's going to enjoy it. But um, it's definitely music. represents this is all music. This is all music. Okay. Definitely represents Taylor Bright and the artist I am today. And does it involve anything with, uh, and I'm sure you didn't have any time for boyfriends, but did you have any boyfriends or exes that maybe uh, your journey with them would be involved in the music? Um, I do have a boyfriend. Oh, you have a boyfriend I have a boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, we've been dating for five years. We live on opposite sides of the Uh, uh, country. So you have a long distance relationship right now. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. For the last three years. It's good. I mean, I think we've gotten used to it. I mean, he's in school. Okay. So he's a normal college kid. Okay. Um, definitely not involved in the business at all and has no interest in being right. involved in the business, um, which I think is helpful because it kind of keeps our careers and that part of our lives separate. Uh, we're really good at communication, Excellent. and that's really the key that's to the it. Key, right? Yeah. But um, he's obviously very confident because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you move, a beautiful girl moves to L.A., if the guy is insecure, <laughs> he's never going to be okay with this. Yeah. So that's He's great. actually great. Super supportive, knows I'm focused on what I'm doing, so he trusts me. So you broke a lot of guys' hearts. Yeah. You're taken right now. Okay. I'm taking everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that your songs are going to have a little more love, um, lovey-dovey uh, um, I genre don't... to it? Or will it be – do you have any dark sides or any types of, like, more um, – you know, anger or anything that you can feel that would be a little more dark, like with exes or anything that's uh I mean, I definitely have my fair share of exes and brokenheartedness and all of that, um, which definitely comes out in my music. Um, I do use my relationship today for inspiration for music. We've been dating for five years, so we're not in, like, the lovey-dovey. Okay, okay, much. okay, so that's... Um, but, um, so I don't know if it's going to be doe-eyed music or anything like that, but um, it's definitely real, and that's what I think is cool about it. Like, it's talking about something real, what's going on today. And um, it's not so much fantasy. So who's going to be able to relate to this music that you're going to that is coming out that we don't really know too much about? But who will be able to mostly relate to this? Um, I think I'm hoping that everyone can relate to it in some aspect. But I really think that people my age, people of this kind of like next generation, um, coming up into our, our adult lives, will definitely be able to relate to it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, so where do you see yourself in ten years from now? In 10 years from now. Well, in 10 years from now, I'll be 30. Yes. <laughs> um, so hopefully I'll have numerous albums out by now and uh, touring, performing on radio. Um, I would love at some point in my life to um, go around to different schools, to colleges, and kind of talk about things that I find interesting or that I find important. Um, I was studying political science, so I definitely opinionated. Um, I don't know if I'll have kids by 30 or be married by 30, but at some point in my life, I'd like to have kids and be married um, I don't know if that will happen in the next 10 years. Well, 30's the new 20, so... Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I don't know. That's what I'm living by right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think out in L.A., you'll notice, girls uh, take a long time to do anything that involves marriage. Yeah. It's really about careers out here, and being from the East Coast, I'm sure you know everybody, in their, when they're 20, they're already thinking about marriage. Yeah, it's everyone's really like, different. are you getting married? I'm like, no. not this year. <laughs> um, so your, okay, so your ultimate end goal, obviously, is to have... A huge, huge music career, career that lasts throughout your entire life. Absolutely. So where does Brown come back into play? Would you do this maybe once you – where would this come back? Because you? you do want to – you seem like you really are yes. going to go back. Yes. I definitely do want to get my degree. Um, the th- great thing about Brown is they're super supportive, and they kind of let you explore yourself. And the way the curriculum is set up is that you can kind of – you can create your own um, concentration, if you will. But you can also um, – take different classes and kind of figure out it's a liberal arts college so I can take I can take something in psychology and still 
get my degree in political science as long as I finish the requirements. So um, I definitely want to go back to Brown. I definitely want to get my degree. It's really important to me, really important to my family. Um, and I just think it makes you a well-rounded person. Yes. So I don't know when it's coming in. I, it's n- not at this moment. I yeah. definitely am focusing on my music, but it'll definitely happen. Will you use that degree? Yeah, I would like to. I mean, I would like to, especially if I have something where I can kind of use it as a talking point or something to educate other kids on. I would love to use my degree. Um, right now, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm interested in. I did political science. Now I'm kind of interested in branding, just working as an artist. I've gotten um, a lot of experience in how to brand yourself and marketing and things like that. So I would love to put that to work. Well, that was going to be well. one of my questions for you because mm-hmm. you're very smart. So what's your brand? My brand. Um, well, I'm Taylor Bright from Philly. I'm definitely like a worldly girl, kind of your international chick. Um, as you can tell, I'm kind of ambiguous. So I think I can relate to like a ton of different people. Um, I came from a family of super, oh, super open-minded. Um, so I'm definitely that girl that listens to everyone and appreciates everyone's point of view. Uh, yeah. I love that. That's yeah. a great answer. <laughs> so um, at the end of this interview, which is, you know, in just a few minutes, um, we're going to premiere. Um, we're going to give you a little teaser of mm-hmm. your newest music video called mm-hmm. Daylight. Mm-hmm. So I want to know um, where the inspiration for this song came and what um, well this is uh, Maroon 5's Daylight so it's a cover video we did it with uh, Kelly Marie Dunn and Thaddeus Dixon and it kind of came from the whole thing that first of all I love Maroon 5 I'm I'm a huge fan (laughs) and I think it's cool when girls do guy songs and Adam Levine has such a high voice that it fits in perfectly um and this song was great then I mean it was hot it was last year we filmed the video um so it's coming out uh now it's definitely a spring song I had so much fun with this song it's quirky uh, which I love being quirky. I love playing around. I love performing. So it's a cool video. I hope everyone likes it. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, I want to know, so you you have this coming up, but this isn't part of the other um, music that you're doing. That's, no. th- that's a different completely – because you do – you cover music. Like you mm-hmm. – and, and doing that, do you um, have to get any type of permissions or anything beforehand? Not for YouTube. Um, if you're going to use it and actually put it into one of your – own songs and purchase and things like that. That's different. But um, not for YouTube. It's just fun. That's so cool. That's something that everyone can kind of do. And you did turn the beat around too, I have to say, right? right. Yes, uh, yes. We kind of remade that song. Yes, that's a great song. Rewrote it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's totally a fun song. It's a good song from the 80s. That's though. awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, after we um, see the little bit of daylight, I'm going to ask you just a couple more questions before we end. But uh, whenever. Um, awesome. We're going to get that on in just a few minutes. And um, while we're waiting for the. Oh, Look what we have. Oh, look at that. It's it's loading now. Um, And so you were doing this song. Oh, here he is.
have goosebumps. <laughs> my legs and my arms just got goosebumps everywhere. You are incredible. Thank you. I, I can't lie. I'm not really good at that. You, I <laughs> would probably just say nothing or I would just feel like that's great. You are incredible. Thanks. Thanks. You are so you just light up. You, what is it like watching yourself? It's kind of awkward. I mean, it's that thing, oh. you know, when you, like, hear your voice and you're like, oh, what was that? And so it's kind of an awkward feeling, but I've gotten used to it, and it's just fun to watch myself have fun. So you it brings a smile to my face. You have a beautiful, beautiful voice. Thanks. You Thanks. are You are so blessed, and you were born with this. Thanks. This is what you're meant to be doing. Thanks. I hope so, and that's what I feel like. So You are incredibly talented. Thank you. Um, so I want to know what we're going to... Where are we going to, what's the next thing, what's the next, if we have the music coming out, when are we going to be hearing that music, or when are we going to expect to hear that? Um, I'm hoping sometime this summer, I'm hoping sometime this year, but I'm also going to be performing live soon. We have um, a live set now set up, so I'm in rehearsals for that, and uh, oh. hopefully getting out around LA performing, so nice. you'll hear about that as well. Great, and yeah. so where can we get all, all Taylor Bright information? Where can we keep Taylor up with Bright. you? TaylorBright.com. TaylorBright.com. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Twitter, the Taylor Bright. The Taylor Bright. Okay. And Instagram? The Taylor thing? Bright. Awesome. And um, I can't thank you enough for being here thank today. Thank you so much. I had fun. So great meeting you. Nice to I meet you. wish you all the best. I'm glad to have <laughs> met another East Coast girl. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, we can, uh, we'll have the um, spotlight on on YouTube. And I'm awesome. Ashley Daniels. Thank you so much for tuning in. So cool. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. For more of your favorite after shows and interviews, subscribe to our channel here and be sure to share your opinion on the episode in the comment section below here. We'd love to see what you guys are buzzing about. Thanks again. Buzz you later.